And he was just like, whoa, who have you told? And I was like a couple of buddies. He's like, don't tell anyone else. Like you and I, we're, we're going to do this. All right. Welcome to Willing to Fail. I'm your host, Peyton Bennett, as usual. And today's guest, he's been an actor in 29 different TV shows and films. He's been the executive producer on three movies and a TV show. And now he's an entrepreneur who started a online sports database, OSDB, which is a website full of sports stats. He started that along with Aaron Rodgers. So with no further ado, welcome to the show, Ryan Rotman. How are you? Hey, I'm doing great, man. I appreciate you having me on here. Appreciate you joining us. So yeah, the whole gist of this podcast, Willing to Fail, is just, I think a lot of people get in their own way and to stop themselves from pursuing what they want to do. And for you being an actor, a producer, an entrepreneur, I know there's a lot of putting yourself out there and being willing to make failures in order to be successful. So first off, I'm just curious from your beginning, your just being raised as a kid, like where are you from? Like who was your biggest influences growing up? Who did you look up to? Uh, so I'm from uh, Texas, a smaller town called Lufkin between Houston and Dallas. Um, grew up there in Houston uh, and kind of small town, did, you know, all the dirt bikes and fishing and grew up a bunch outdoors. Um, grew up loving the game of golf and baseball um, and played those kind of throughout high school. Uh, my dad was kind of, I'd say, probably my, my hero growing up in the sense of his work ethic and um, ability to juggle work and, and family time. Uh, you know, he ran a, uh, one of the largest funeral corporations in the world. And uh, the largest so it was a funeral, oh, wow. funeral homes and cemeteries all over the world. So he was traveling a whole bunch, but he always made time and was super, you know, making sure that he was took me in the course and taught me to play golf and, you know, throw a baseball and still take motorhome trips with the family and stuff. So watching him be able to juggle those two and, and just drive and, and have that, that passion for work and to manage that amount of people was uh, always really cool for me. And he, uh, you know, as much as I probably didn't, probably shouldn't have, uh, you know, I, I always wanted to be an actor from a young age. I always had like a little microphone or uh, um, recorder, just pretending like I was on the news or, you know, saying lines. And so I always kind of wanted to do that. But unfortunately in Texas, especially like Lufkin, there wasn't a theater department. And, uh, you know, it's kind of a, it's a, a dream there, but not really reality. So uh, went to Texas Tech, played, played golf in high school, went to Texas Tech, studied. Uh, I was going to decide I want to do some uh, acting there. My dad was like, let's, let's do business. You can minor in theater. So I, I studied, uh, majored in business, studied in, uh, minored in theater. And, uh, you know, it was, it was pretty interesting going into Texas Tech where Lubbock, you said you were just, just that, Lubbock or leave it. And, uh, and it's a it's a smaller college town um and you have to kind of be in a fraternity sorority if you want to like do anything fun pretty much so did that whole scene and so it was really interesting doing a fraternity and theater at the same time because the first play i did at texas tech was uh it was called straighten up it's about five gay guys in kind of a um a rehab for gays like you're in rehab to try and turn yourself straight. Right. Oh, wow. Um, so having my fraternity brothers come and watch that and, you know, in Panhandle of Texas was pretty, 
pretty interesting. Um, the, the playing uh, gay roles continued on through the career, but uh, that's where it initially started. So that was that was pretty interesting, starting that there and then making the transition of uh, to to LA. So was that your first acting experience at Texas Tech, or did you do like high school plays and that kind of stuff? Yeah, high school didn't have any theater at all. So oh, wow. it, this was kind of being thrust into it and having to get over those uh, real initial, like like you said, willing to fail, you know, getting over your ego and getting over these uh, these humps of not caring how you look, you know, and, and being able to act silly in front of different people and, and bringing these different roles, which was a, kind of a first and like you just you're thrown into it and you, you're amongst people that have been doing this you know, in high school and as, as, as kids. So it was really interesting. And then uh, one summer, just again, you know, the willingness to fail is, is I was like, you know what, I'm just going to go to New York Film Academy. Ali, it's in Los Angeles. So one summer I was like, screw it, I'm going. And I came out of here, didn't know anyone, went to this school during the summer and uh, loved it. It was like, it was at Universal Studios, got to shoot in the back lot and learn a whole bunch. And while I was out here, I got to meet some really great people. And uh, they said, you know, why don't you come out next summer and intern for me? And it happened to be Todd Phillips, who wrote, directed Old School, Starsky and Hutch, um, uh, Hangover, you know, list goes on. You've got to meet. And, uh, and so, yeah, so he, so I went back, to, went back to school, came out the following summer, again, and interned for, for Todd and worked on Starsky and Hutch with Ben Stiller and Luke Wilson and, Pretty much my job was to, to play poker with him um and i'd learned a lot there and then he introduced me to my manager and they were pretty much like hey listen I, i'll represent you but you have to move out here so i went back to texas sold my house um picked up my bags and moved to la so what was the reaction from like your family and friends when you're like leaving texas like yeah i'm gonna go pursue this dream to be an actor when it's not a very heard of thing there <laughs> surprisingly good they, were, they pretty much were like, if you got to do it now, right, do it. If this is, you know, you can always go back to school, um, but you have this opportunity. You met the right people. You're kind of, you know, everything about acting and is relationships and almost right place, right time. And uh, they saw the opportunity and said, listen, go, go chase it down now. And if it doesn't work, you always can come back. So I was super, super uh, lucky to have parents said trusted believed and were let me follow my my crazy my crazy dreams yeah so what what was the main drive of your crazy dream did you have like the big aspirations and be like rich and famous or was it more of you just loved acting and loved like going on stage and acting silly i mean i think it was probably 50 50 at that point okay um you know i you know it's it's glamorous it looks cool um i really loved getting into different characters and um diving into what you know what makes people tick like i love human behavior and watching how people react differently to different to different situations and absorbing that and then portraying it so that's always been super cool for me um just the mental aspect of it but then again you know like you see the lifestyle it's it's crazy but you know the longer i got out here the less i wanted to be famous yeah. um and just looked at it as as a job um a fun job and you lose that, especially some of my friends happen to be, you know, some of the, the biggest movie stars on the on the planet and seeing what they have to go through. I, I don't wish on anyone. It's it looks cool, but it's it's a nightmare. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Like once you're close and you see what it's really like and like behind the scenes. Yeah. I mean, yeah. You can't go to the grocery store, you know, it takes you 
it takes us walk in and out in 10 minutes and they're there 45 because one person wants a photo and then <laughs> the whole crowd erupts it gets it gets outrageous yeah i i, I mean i've never had to deal with that but i'm sure i i, I could see the problem for sure um yeah. so as a kid since you weren't doing like any much theater stuff i mean obviously now you're an entrepreneur doing like more business stuff and i'll get into that in a second but was there any like jobs you did when you were a kid or like business ventures you had that showed that you were like that? I was really um, dedicated to baseball and golf. That was pretty much my life. Um, one summer, I was a lifeguard at our, at our country club. And before acting, that was really my only job. I day traded a lot in college. How'd that go? And did, per did pretty well, did pretty there good go. for myself. Yeah. Um, yeah, but other than that was, you know, lifeguarding, which was like 30 minutes on the stand, 30 minutes off, free food, free drinks, and all my friends were there. So <laughs> it was uh, it was a pretty smooth sailing job. Uh, but yeah, I was on the golf course or the baseball diamond pretty much most of my, my high school career or off in the woods. Okay. What position do you play? Uh, I played second base and then uh, I excelled at golf. So ended up spending more time there. I played second base in high school as well. I now let's good. go. I wasn't very good though. <laughs> and we're both wearing pretty much baseball Nike shirts. Yeah, I mean, I'm not a big fan of the Dodgers, but we won't get into that. <laughs> I will let, we'll let this one slide. Yeah, uh, I'm, a, I'm a big Braves fan, so you guys kind of came back and whipped us. Yeah, that's where I'm from originally, is Atlanta. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. That's, so yeah, that's I mean, acceptable then. the red is more for the Hawks tonight. Uh, oh, your Hawks, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, well, I'm sorry, I got to go for the Bucks. You know, Aaron's a Aaron's an owner of the Bucks. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm sorry if we have to beat you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I've been I've actually done been an extra in a movie before, so I've seen a little bit of like kind of what happens behind the scenes with um, what was that movie called? I forgot. Like Ben Stiller was in it. Uh, you don't remember the name of the movie you were in? they changed it in the middle of it it's called the watch it was neighborhood watch but oh the was, watch yeah yeah the watch yeah Great so movie. i was an extra in that and like there's some behind the scenes stuff you see like i experienced that i didn't know like we're filming like a high school football game and i'm like mm -hmm. one of the fans in the crowd like with my shirt off but what you don't know is that that we're filming until like six in the morning at four in the morning oh, yeah. and it's freezing and i'm just there with my shirt off for hours just standing there over and over and over again so like you were saying that the glamour of acting is like so great on the big screen because you just see the final production for most people but what are some things that like are really shitty about acting that you've had to deal with like just in the grind of it you know i, I always say that they they pay me to wait and i act for free because 98 <laughs> percent of the job is waiting around mm -hmm. right it's it's hurry up and wait right the, they need you in 10 minutes and then the 10 minutes is like you get ready and you get in your wardrobe and then three hours later they're like all right the lighting's done you can come out so this is sounds bad but the thing i dislike most about acting is reading scripts okay <laughs> i'm not a big reader um yeah. and i and the waiting is is it gets kind of excruciating and, and the boredom sets in at a certain point right like you can only read so much watch enough you know tv learn your lines enough to where you overlearn them um and they, you can't leave set because they need you there in case they bump up a scene or something. Um, and then some, you know, some of the experiences, same, same thing of, I shot a, um, a show called the Lion game and we filmed in Austin, which we faked for Scottsdale, which there's no cactus or anything in Austin, which is weird. Um, but it, we filmed during the winter and 
almost every episode I'm in the, I'm in a pool and we filmed at the old uh, Austin airport and they actually built and dug into the, the runway and built a pool and it was freezing and I'm in the pool every episode. I'm freezing my, my butt off. And so every time, you know, you get in and you have to, you just pretty much have to sit there because you can't get out because they, um, you dry off and then, you know, they have to bring you back in, reset the lighting. So you just sit in this water as it's, it's freezing cold. Um, you know, most people are like, oh, I'd sit in freezing cold water for a good paycheck. And, you know, it is, but in the moment it's so excruciating. Um, that was, a, that's, and that was like over a year. So that was pretty bad. Um, obviously when it warmed up, it was great, but then it got too hot. So you, you know, you're in the middle of a concrete uh, airport. Um, what other experiences? You know, I, I hate shaving and I did a bunch of Hallmark movies and you have to shave um, and then you have to quaff your hair over. It's pretty ridiculous. Um, but I, I would say most of my experiences have been pretty good. I did a movie called Billionaire Boys Club, which was like the funnest time I've ever had in my life. We shot in New Orleans for three months of just total debauchery. It was I was going to ask which, which of your projects was the most fun. Sounds like that one stuck I, out. <laughs> yeah, you know, the um, the Lion Game and then that one I've definitely had met like lifelong friends on um, from Taron Egerton to um, Ansel Elgort, you know, Blair Redford, all these guys. And in billionaire boys club was by far the the greatest one we got a little yeah. screwed on it because uh you know um uh kevin spacey's in it mm -hmm. and three weeks before we were set to premiere the whole kevin spacey oh no <laughs> little diddling little boys stuff came out and the movie's called billionaire boys club so the two didn't match together very well. So we had to scrap the premiere and like, you know, this was going to be my big, cause I'd, I'd done TV for so long. It's going to be my big coming out movie, oh, man. Out, but you know, big movie. And uh, yeah, he's really, for lack of a better term, screwed us all in that one. Yeah. That, that's weird. The, the name of my movie, the movie I was in had to change because of like the, the Trayvon thing. Cause it was like, when he got killed, like the, by the neighborhood watch, like the movie was going to be called neighborhood watch neighborhood, and yeah. to switch it to the watch at the end. So but that's why I didn't know that's crazy. Um, so last thing about acting, like when I do a quick Google search on you, of course, like the way the internet and media is like the first thing that pops up is like you and Victoria justice and all these, all these pictures. So I don't really get into much of dating life. I don't really care about any of that stuff, but talking about the challenges of working, working it, and correct me if I'm wrong. I just read things on the internet. Um, you were working on the, that show on Nickelodeon Victorious the same time as dating her. What was the challenges of like trying to work with someone that's like your girlfriend at the time? Uh, I actually met on the show, which was nice. Okay. Um, great. I mean, amazing girl, super motivated, uh, great actress, great singer. And, and, you know, getting to kind of see the relationship on screen and then watch it kind of grow as well was was really cool and thankfully i mean i only did a couple episodes uh i did the I did one episode the first time i met her and then for three years i was on set every day with with them you know just watching them film and watching uh you know ariana grande was on that show and watching her come up um trying to set her on dates with a bunch of my friends that are all obsessed with her um so it, it, like thankfully we didn't have you know we weren't you were like in a relationship on a show for like years because yeah. I've seen that blow up pretty, pretty bad. Mm -hmm. uh, but it's definitely a thing of like people dating their co-stars. 
Yeah, that's what it is. It's definitely a thing. It's just you're around them 24-7. You're like you have, you know, like I said, you're waiting around and you get to know these people like so the insight to everything they do and their humor and you have nothing else to do but sit there and talk. Yeah. And you create really lasting bonds. It makes a lot of sense. So okay, so transitioning from acting into producing, how long were you acting until you decided you wanted to be a producer? And for those listening that don't know much about what producing does, like for me, what I know about as an executive producer is just someone that's making like the business decisions and like all that stuff behind the scenes. So what else does an executive producer do? And like, what made you want to do that along with acting? Yeah. I love the business of filmmaking. Um, so, you know, the first one we actually did was we did a kind of a punked type show called our friends will never believe you. And it was a our first episode with Joe Jonas and essentially you know, I wanted to create something that was mine. The problem with acting is, is every day, every audition is a job interview, right? So you you have to get thick skin because imagine going on a job interview three times a day and every single one of them saying no, right? And then getting up the next day and having to do it over again. So what I liked about the producing aspect was I'm taking everything into my own hands and I get to create and figure out, you know, if I want to be in it or who I can hire. And then, you you know, you run it from the, the back side. Um, and we, we did that show and created it and, and sold it to Yahoo. And seeing that process and getting to film the episodes and hire all the the camera operators and, and the other filmmakers was a really cool passion, right? And I really fell in love with it and just wanted to keep creating. And so we, we kind of did. And thankfully, when I got hooked up with, with Hallmark, which are some of the, you know, it's crazy. I've done a whole bunch of stuff of like 90210 and Billionaire Boys Club and the Hallmark movies, like I get recognized more than any other. And a lot of them are like, yo, my grandmother loves you. <laughs> um, and, and thankfully when I got hooked up with those, I started producing the, those that I, uh, the films that I was in as well. That's what I was gonna ask. Cause uh, I saw it's Sister of the Bride, right? That you're a producer and like a, the main actor in that movie. So you're yeah. talking about you like being able to pick like who's doing what and it's like so were you just like yeah i'm the best for this role so i'm obviously going to do this like so how was that balancing that hey i had done one movie with him before and got really close with the producers and um while we we're filming had a bunch of good ideas and different um aspects of like they're shooting something else I was like well you should shoot here because the tax benefits blah, blah blah so when i did the next one they said would you want to come on as a producer as well and help and i said absolutely so you know got to come on produce help um, kind of cast, uh, you know, have some say in locations, stuff like that. So it was beyond just the learning my lines was, you know, had a bigger role, which was, which was fun. So not only just create the, the role, but create the entire film. So is there, as a producer, is there a lot more work, like after all the scenes are shot, like that you're having to do, or is that just more the director and the so editing? It's weird. So for like, for a movie of a producer and an executive producer. So with executive producers, you pretty much, um, you bring the, the, the money, you find the, um, you kind of connect the pieces and then the producer is hands-on. So they're hiring the line producers and, gotcha. uh, you know, they bring the whole teams on their onset. They're there, you know, 24 seven of filming to make sure everything's running smoothly. If there's a problem, the producer takes care of it. An executive producer, you kind of, you know, you put the pieces together, you get the initial movie set to go with a uh, call green lit. And, uh, and then you can kind of bow out and come, come in and in and out as you, as you please. 
like uh, for example, Aaron and I have a film at Amazon, uh, actually with Desmond Howard as well. And it's about the injustice of NCAA football. And, you know, we're all executive producers on that because we got the project together. We put the pieces together. We went to Amazon and sold it to them. And then um, other two partners are the producers. And then when we start pre-production, they'll have to be on set and, and handle everything. The three of us can attach our names to it and, and help, you know, with PR and push. Gotcha. Okay. So it's kind of, your story is interesting because like in high school, you were saying it's all sports and then in college. And after that, it's like all acting. And then you're going into like the producing and the business side of it. And now it seems like you're going more into the business stuff of sports. So it's like coming full circle. So yeah, what was, actually. what, uh, where did the idea for OSDB come from? And like, what were the beginning steps of getting that going? It was, uh, you know, being in that acting world for so long, you have to use IMDB. I mean, as an actor, it's my business card. As a producer, I have to use it to find other talent. Um, you know, it, for other producers to figure out who represents me to get a hold of me, they're you know they're having to check there. And I was always so curious of the, the time wasted on sports, of having to jump for contract details to Spot Track, and then over to ESPN for editorial or Players Tribune, and then you know Sports Reference for stats. Um, there was no central hub. Right. Where the IMDb was a central hub for all any, anything entertainment. You have editorial, you have representation information, you have all the bios and information on me. And there wasn't nothing like that existed in sports. And so I was so curious why that template wasn't being lifted and used elsewhere. And uh, I had the idea for probably like eight years. Oh, really? I, but I was like, well, you know, this is going to cost millions of dollars to do. And like, I don't know, the first thing about building a website. So I kind of shelved it. And, uh, you know, becoming really close with Aaron and um, starting to produce with him, you know, him and I were at dinner one night and I just kind of said, hey, as an athlete, is this something you think you would use? And he was just like, whoa, who have you told? And I was like a couple of buddies. He's like, don't tell anyone else. Like you and I, we're, we're going to do this, right? This is needed. He's like, it's, I hate the fact that on um, Instagram, I can only showcase one of my charities. Right. And then if I do post one, it gets knocked down by the time no one's looking at it. So here's a place where I can, all my charities can live and people can figure out, um, you know, what business ventures I'm in. And, um, and so we, we went, we moved forward with it like the next day. And then I kind of woke up and was like, Oh shit, how am I going to do this? Right. Like, like I said, I don't know anything about building a website. So I started calling my agents and uh, managers and saying like, do you know anyone that can do this? And, and uh, kind of jumped in, you know, headfirst and started started building it. And um, and then two years later, here we are. Nice. I mean, I think jumping in headfirst is really the only way to do something like that. So what? Yeah, uh, it was it was scary though. It was it was really scary. How long was the work behind until you were able to launch the website? You know, we went through a bunch of kind of a, of a roller coaster ride, right? Like. Um, we started probably about two years ago. Um, I found a tech team. Um, they came on, we started building the product. You know, I brought a team on and a lot of researchers to help build the whole thing. And we, we compiled all this data, right? It takes so much time. I think we have like 12,000 athletes on the website right now. Um, and, you know, we can pull stats in and some of the information from other sources, but the business ventures, the endorsements, the charities, the, the who their agents, managers, PR team are like, that's, that's man hours, right? Like that's just yeah, that's what I was about scraping and, and 
calling the agents and managers and figuring out where all that comes from uh, or you're making sure all that it's correct. And so that the man hours on that took a, took a really long time. Um, and the tech team that we had just were butting heads and they weren't able to, to come up, come up with a product that I felt was indicative of the, the brand that Aaron had built, you know, and taking so much time to build. Um, he very much said, I love, he's like, I love the amount of information that sports reference has, but I don't like the way it's presented and I want to do it in a, in a prettier way. Um, and so the prior tech team wasn't able to, to accomplish that. So we parted ways and, you know, money down, money lost on, you know, building the UI of it and in time, especially to now find this, our new team, SCS, um, Schaefer Shop Shop that's just, you know, created the product you see now, but it was, it was, a you know, it was so frustrating because after that first tech team, you know, kind of failed and we had this, this product, I'm like, well, we can use the information, but we have to rebuild this and the money was wasted and the time was wasted in certain, in certain aspects of it. And you just kind of sit there and you're like, well, shit, like, is it worth going on? And, you know, mm-hmm. I, I, I failed to create this one product and it still be done to kind of pick yourself back up and be like, all right, now we can, we can do this. Let's, you know, and raise more capital, uh, get the new tech team. And, uh, and we did and, and fought through it and they were so much easier to work with and like knew the vision kind of right up the bat of what we wanted to do. And, um, we're super creative with us and added ideas to our sports stuff that I didn't even think of. Um, so yeah, it was, it was, man, it was, a, it was a roller coaster. There was times that I was like, uh, you know, stay up at night. I couldn't sleep. Like, how are we going to get this done? You know, because not only now am I having to worry about the site, but budgeting and, you know, monthly burn rates and, and employees. Yeah. Uh, it, gets, it gets to be a lot. And we're yeah, a startup. Yeah. You're small, right? So you can't, you know, thankfully I've got good advisors around me, but you, you don't, it's all on your shoulders. Yeah. And then people give you money and then their money is on your shoulders. Yeah. Yeah. What, uh, cause yeah, I've looking at the website before and like, yeah, it's really clean. I mean, for me running like the WTF stats Instagram page, like Which I look at, fan of. appreciate it. Uh, I, I yeah. look at sports stats a lot and I use sports reference a lot and it is a pain, uh, to do yeah. that. Um, and your guys is way more clean. The contract stuff, like that's probably my favorite part of the whole database is how clean, like you can look up players contracts and how it's set up. Um, but what's for like, going forward like what's like what's like the business model of it because i know it takes a lot of money like you were saying to pay people to manually put in all that data even though some of it probably could be pulled automatically like what's the future business model or is it like the plan to sell it to like a bigger company or just keep it in-house and create its own revenue stream how what's the plan for that i mean so revenue um would be the subscription so much like imdb pro we'll have the athletes representation information behind a paywall so you okay. can subscribe to see who LeBron's agent manager PR team is, or, you know, any of the guys. And the cool thing for that is what Aaron really wanted to do with this site was build it for the other, like 98% of athletes, not the top two. Yeah. Um, because, you know, guys on his O-line or guys that sit on the bench or, or, you know, second stringers come in, they still have, you know, they're, they're still guys in Wisconsin and can, you know, be the face of a car dealership around there, or, you know, still get brand deals, but, the, but no one knows how to get a hold of them. So now you can, you know, subscribe and figure out who represents them for that branding. Um, so that's one avenue where we're obviously adding different tiers of like handicaps, uh, handicapping, stuff like that. Um, ads and then affiliates, which we're going to be pulling out or dropping soon where you can, um, you know, take our information and go to like DraftKings to, to make a bet. 
Um, and then data licensing at the very, uh, you know, as we, as we grow, cause right now we have three sports. We'll be adding MLS in the next month. Um, then hockey all the way up to 35 sports of so cricket, esports, <laughs> ping pong. If it's a, if it's a pro sport, we're going to have it. That's, that's a, yeah, you and Aaron, that's a good combo because you're seeing it from like the IMDB side of like what it's useful for him. And then he's seen it from the player side of like, what's for like his lineman, like you're saying with the charities. And then you're also seeing it from a fan side of like, what as a fan, what do you want to see? Like looking it up. So yeah, I essentially want this to be your second screen. Like, you know, one of the, me and my boys, like, you know, I went to the Suns Clippers game last night. You know, one of the fun things to do is like you said, the contract section is, is see Chris Paul running down and be like, wait, how much does he make? And like pulling it up, right. Yeah. Just having that second screen. And while you're on his page, be like, Oh shit, I didn't know he, you know, owns this or does this or is endorsed by this. And then, you know, just much like when you're watching a movie, you're like, that guy was in something. Yeah. And you, right? and you IMDb yes. it. I want to be the same thing. You OSDB it, right. Like real quick. And you get the information and then it becomes a spider web effect where. Yeah. You know, I could see like, like wives that aren't like as big of sport fans that are like forced to watch it. Like just out of curiosity, like, Oh, what charities does he do? Like what's, what else is going on? It's cool that you guys are having all in one place, but yeah, I mean, the website looks awesome and I know there was a ton of work thanks, behind man, it. So <laughs> congrats yeah, on that. And it's thanks. Yeah. And the, you know, too, it's, it's hard to, cause a lot of it's man hours, right. We pretty much, you know, everything's pretty much verified, but um, you know, occasionally find something it's I'm having to search every page every day to make sure everything is up to, up to par. Yeah, because I mean, just from running an Instagram page, like if I get one stat a little bit wrong, I'm going to hear it in the comments right away. <laughs> so it's like, it. so yeah, I'm always double checking in. And like, even when I look at like sports reference or those sites, I'm like, hope, hope this is right. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> so I know the pressure for that's there. So um, last, I mean, uh, I got to ask, I mean, you being close to Aaron Rodgers, I'm not going to, if you know any about anything about what's going on in his situation, I don't expect you to tell me, but just knowing him as a person, you think he's the type of person that would sit out a season and hold his ground and go like host Jeopardy? Um, you know, we, we, we pretty much stay off topic with it. Yeah. You know, he's, <laughs> he's, uh, he's pretty tight lipped about it all. Um, I mean, listen, he, I know how much he loves, filming jeopardy <laughs> so i could definitely you know I, I could see it happening i mean he he's got his beliefs and he's he stands behind him which i one things i love about him um he sticks his ground and um i mean they're, they're treating him pretty unfairly so yeah. I'm, I'm excited as everyone else kind of see what happens <laughs> it's you know i think it's like july 2nd there has to be a decision made yeah, the whole world's watching. It's interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've been watching him. It's It was awesome seeing him on the Pat McAfee show every Tuesday during the football season. Like, you get to really see the real him and him talking to me. He's, I obviously don't know him personally, but he seems like a really funny guy, really just a dry yeah, humor. Just Yeah, I was just about to say, dry, sarcastic sense of humor. And, like, half the time I can't tell if he's being serious with me or just pulling my leg. Um, and, uh, yeah, just a great guy. I mean, he's super – like, it's one thing – about this is he's super motivating about it and, and helpful and, um, you know, watching his work ethic, he, you know, he uplifts everyone around him, you know, he's just that leader and it's, uh, he's a, a great partner, great co-founder. Yeah. What, um, other than like giving input of like coming from a player standpoint, is there any like hands-on stuff that he's doing with the company or are you guys pretty much outsource all that to like, uh, website designers and everything else? Yeah. I mean, like, obviously we, you know, we get the designs, we go over them, we, we uh, put our seal of approval on it, but a lot of what he, his contributions are, as you know, as like you said, of, is being an athlete and being like, this is what we 
want shown. Um, different things of like, hey, this would be cool if we added this. No other site has this, right? Like we need this, like our stats right now, we have stats, but they're about to get insanely more populated mm -hmm. of situational stats. And, um, you know, Aaron's four of four of four playing in temperatures below 30 degrees and you know all that kind of stuff you like it'll so, be searchable like on like sports reference or like just kind of like straight it'll facts. be on his his straight facts situational you have his basic stats and then his situational stats so what is when the loss record is in um you know in in denver stadium right um mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff so you can really dive deep into it um but yeah his his input's super helpful he does everything that we would want for an athlete and he helps drive that of what they're looking for and what make, would make the athlete happy as opposed to where I get the, the business side and be like, yeah. well, here's how it looks. And then he says, yes, let's go. So uh, now that you've, like you say, went head first in that and you're spending a lot of time on that, are you still pursuing any acting or producing opportunities or are you all in on OSTB? Uh, Aaron and I still have the film at Amazon that we're like, um, I think we're in our, our third draft to, to get ready to start shooting. Um, but I've hung my acting hat up for the time being. That's the great thing about acting, right? I can hang it up and I yeah. can go back. It's not like you're going to lose it. Like you can still yeah, I can it. go back at 50 if I want, yeah. right? Well, you know, hopefully knock on wood, sell this one day and then I can go back, make my own movies. There you go. That's a good plan. Yeah. All right. Um, last question for you. I mean, looking back at your your entire journey, which I know it's definitely still going. Um, if Looking back, if you could talk to your younger self, would there be any advice or anything you changed, any regrets, anything like that? I say take more chances, but I, I feel like I did some, you know, uh, some good risky stuff of like coming to LA, not knowing this, you know, anyone and diving into this kind of unknown acting world, mm -hmm. uh, you know, it took me about a year and a half before I started really, um, working consistently. I'd say my biggest thing would be as in my younger self work harder, always <laughs> work harder. Yeah. Like don't get uh you know la is tough man you get tied up in this this scene out here and you know there's so much fun stuff to do all the time and um you get caught up in it i say probably don't get caught up as much of having fun and work harder okay pretty and take more and take more risks even more is there anything like specific in your head when you say take more risks that you would have taken a risk on I've, I've, it's hard because i would say i would have i wouldn't have waited eight years to start this um okay. i probably would have dove in but then again like I didn't have Aaron. I wouldn't have had Aaron then, right? Yeah. And, yeah, and just technology in eight years, it would have been really tough to pull all that data and get all that done. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, I mean, I think it all happens for a reason of why, you know, the waiting. Um, but yeah, I probably would have said I had other ideas and I just probably sat on them and instead of actually, you know, grabbing a hold and just running with it. All right. Well, that's a good one to end on. I saw the questions I got for you. Appreciate awesome, you joining man. me, Ryan. Um, Anything else you want to let people know? I mean, we've already talked about the OSDB, talked about the on Amazon. Is there any, where can people find you? What else do you got going on? Yeah, if I'm at, uh, at Ryan Rotman, at OSDB on social, and then uh, OSDBsports.com. All right, that's it. And yeah, any soccer fans out there, we're about to add soccer. So. All right, and that's the show.